the show that seeks to prove that arty and trashy movies have a lot in common and you don't need to enjoy just one or the other. So we will take our movie of the week and pair it with something artier or trashier in the hope that you discover an unexpected new favorite or at the very least are entertained. I am one of your hosts, Nick, and with me as always is the tough lady with a shotgun to my goofy grinned idiot. Aaron is here. Hi, Aaron. Hi. How you doing? Good. You doing good? Spring is in the air. Yeah. Love is in the air also. Yep. Federal agents are in your hallway. (laughs) I'm good, Nick. How are you? I'm good. You know, haven't been feeling stressed out enough lately, so I've been playing a lot of uh, the new Resident Evil 4 remake game that's out. Yeah, I've noticed you haven't been stressed out enough lately. I was thinking that about you. Vibrating with uh, fear at all times. (laughs) So that's good. But uh, no, you're right. Spring is in the air. Uh, rebirth, <laughs> rejuvenation, all that crap. Much like a certain Plagas <laughs> from the necks of innocent Estonian villagers? Where are they? Uh, Europe. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Got it. Okay. <laughs> anyway, it's a fun game. Go it is a fun game. Go play it. And it that's could... not what we're talking about today. No, it couldn't be more different. <laughs> from what we're here to talk about. We are here to talk about what I'm calling a very spring kind of movie because of the love being in the air, despite the fact that a lot of it takes place in very cold Detroit. (laughs) It's 1998's Out of Sight. It's your first time being around. You're doing great. It's okay, we're the good guy. What are you doing here? You're just a girl. What do you do for a living, you pack of shotguns? I'm a federal marshal and you're under arrest. I'm in. Let's go. Now, you be a good girl. Now, I'm going to open up the door. You want to sit down and have cocktails with a woman who tried to shoot you? It was an unusual experience. Wow, you are mean. I've uh, vertically integrated myself. You know, now I'm into the occasional grand larceny, home invasion. Huh. You waved at you? Couldn't swear to it, but I'm pretty sure you did. Did you wave back? Jeez, they're shooting men! Sit down, Dick. They're trying to open up the safe. Now you're made. Ever wear one of these? I don't ski. It's her cool music. I wish I could do as cool of needle drops in this episode as the movie does. Maybe I'll try it. See if you can. Yeah. Set yourself a goal. Yeah, like you said, I'm not stressed out enough. It's important to put another unachievable goal on top of everything else. That's great. It's all that. Thanks. (laughs) No, it's very cool music. It is very cool. Out of sight. This is a a recent, like, I didn't really know it from a hole in the wall till recently. Aaron is the recent, recent? Resident. Soderbergh head in the house. I feel so. like you keep saying that, but I feel like it is only by comparison because yeah. you hadn't seen any Soderberghs. That's that's all it is. Yeah, okay, fine. Yep. <laughs> Comparatively, and, the Soderbergh head. Yeah, this is what is shot to the top of my Soderbergh movies I've seen. It's my favorite of them by far. Yeah. Quoted as many as being one of the sexier movies. <laughs> Just ever. Yeah. 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 It's great. Yeah. It's, I think that was our, our aim with this being the springtime mm. movie, right? It's just like love blossoming and mm. chemistry. Whereas spring should be the worst time of year because everyone's got allergies. Your it eye, is the worst Your time eyes hurt. Yeah. Spring in the popular consciousness is just a PR campaign. At least, I don't know. It's in Canada. It's, it's garbage. It's a garbage time. All the bees come back. There's yeah. bees everywhere. <laughs> There's bees and all the snow's melted to show the garbage that people threw away knowing it would get covered by snow during the winter. I love. Uh, <laughs> and in this fertile ground, <laughs> doth love 
spring forth. <laughs> no, they're great. Uh, yeah, I. This is also my favorite Jennifer Lopez movie. Um, not that I've seen a ton, a ton of them. It's my favorite too. The it's 90s. the only movie of hers yeah. I've seen. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like it's she's genuinely very great in oh, this, yeah. and her and Queenie together are marvelous. Yes, absolutely. Yes. So, if you don't know what this movie entails, I didn't. This is a good one to watch blind because I, I feel yeah. like, as we'll talk about, just it is just kind of a thrown stuff at the wall kind of movie, and it's just fun <laughs> to see what comes out. Sure. But uh, meet Jack Foley. He's the most successful bank robber in the country. On the day he busts out of jail, he finds himself stealing something far more precious than money. Karen Sisko's heart. <laughs> she's smart. This? She's sexy. She's a federal marshal. <laughs> Are they willing to risk it all to find out if there's more between them than just the law? Oh my Watch God. to find out. I took this directly from the back of <laughs> oh, the <did> you? <laughs> Blu-ray case. Nice. Hooray for physical media. Hooray for physical yeah. media. Oh my God. Kino Lorber has a very nice, uh, it's not a restoration, it's just a remaster of, of the movie. It looks sure. great. And that's, that's it does. It looks yeah. real sharp. Yeah. This is one of those, like, just before we hit 2000s and things started to become mud for a while. <laughs> before we start, I, someone much smarter than me can opine on this, but uh, before digital started being the norm. I don't, I don't it's know. Right, I'm not going to wait into that. It's but. right before the Matrix, so it's right, right. before we get those, <laughs> we like, decided really muted yellow colors. was the, yeah. yeah. There's colors fucking everywhere in this movie. <laughs> Yeah, one in particular mm. that I keep remembering. Well, we'll get there. Oh, but we will. Yes. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about. Oh, we know what we're talking about. <laughs> Do you think anyone else does? <laughs> this podcast is just going to become us nodding, knowing right over the mics that each other can't. That that sure is the okay. Listen, that is a fine summation of the movie. It yeah. is the plot of the movie. Yeah. But the the. The movie, like the, the crux of it, yes, the yes. experience of the movie is the supporting cast. For oh my me. god, it's just yeah. like these absolutely pitch perfect two leads, and then an a uh, just cornucopia of in just wonderful supporting characters. It is the best, like one of the best supporting cast movies I've ever seen because everybody yeah. is just about to become super famous yes. because of how good they are, yes, or true. they're already super famous and they're doing like a victory lap, like. <laughs> That's, <laughs> yeah. it's just, everybody is perfect. Yeah. And it leads into kind of like the thing that I was surprised, like this movie is fucking hilarious. It's so funny. Uh, but it's not in a comedy. Very, no, it's in that very dry Soderbergh way, right? Yeah. yeah. Which like, it's an Elmer Leonard story and I feel like yes. a perfect marriage of sensibilities there. I that I could see. We've yeah. done a bunch of Elmer Leonard uh, adaptations into movies on the podcast. Just one other one, actually. Wait, we, seriously? We've mentioned, we, he's come up a bunch of oh, times. Oh yeah, okay. But okay. the only like full ass episode we've done is on 310 to Yuma, which... Is about as different. It's the only one. Yeah, it's wow. about as different in Elmore Leonard stories you can get from this one. But he was just a crime and westerns story writer. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, that's intense. I I feel like we talk about him all the time because yeah. he's just like produced so much of pop culture in you know indirectly. Yeah, all of his stuff gets adapted. Like, and his stuff is super adaptable. I feel yeah. like because it's just about hey, check out these kooky characters these and I suppose kooky there's plot. guys. Yeah. <laughs> Do what you want with the rest. Yeah. 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 But this is like, for Soderbergh, this is his, uh, I know there's a phrase for this, but like where he, his delineation point from where he goes from art house into mainstream stuff. So this is a really good, like. Breakout Hollywood thing. Yeah. And then he does Ocean's Eleven right after this. So it's kind of like, he's trying so hard at this point. (laughs) 
<laughs> he has a lot to lose. Yeah, this is before he's cranking out like six different movies a year. <laughs> Just for fun, clearly. You know? yeah. yeah, yeah. he wants Good to hang out. I feel like honestly. he's the crime version of Adam Sandler. He's like, I just want to hang out with my friends, so I'll make another crime movie. Yeah, yeah. Replace, uh, I don't know any of the Adam Sandler guys. Why did I start this I, bit? No. Steve Buscemi's the only one I got. He pops up in a lot of them. Does he? Okay. Or some of them. You'd know better than I. Yes. Uh, and yet, I'm guessing. So I'm going to move on and say that the screenplay is by Scott Frank, and a lot of it is, a lot of this movie is Scott Frank's invention hmm. that's really, like, Elmore Leonard's story is really the bones of it. Sure. And then... Scott Frank fills out a ton of stuff. Okay. Um, but yeah, Elmore Leonard is uh, the story writer that it's based on. Uh, like I said, 310 to Yuma we've talked about. Yeah. Uh, his inspiration for this story is great. He was just like walking past a courthouse and he saw a short, very feminine, very attractive uh, federal marshal holding a shotgun. He's like, I'm going to write a story about that. <laughs> <laughs> ah, the mind of a creator. Yeah. <laughs> that lady's hot. <laughs> Big gun on small lady. Good. <laughs> Funny. <laughs> right movie. Uh, but I do, I mean, I get it. <laughs> There's a reason that every poster for yeah. this movie has the profile of Jennifer yeah. Lopez with a shotgun. <laughs> Everyone's like, oh yeah, that'd be a good story. That's really funny. I want to know what's going on there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I'm, I'm at the point, to your point of this comes up all the time, I'm at the point now that anytime I see, like, it's an Elmore Leonard inspired story or adapted story, I'm like, oh, I will probably, at minimum kind of like that movie yeah otherwise i'll love it the source yeah. materials yeah if there's a real like whiz on the on the script writing end for sure yeah he is so good at taking what is a cliched trope and making it very like all this is is like one last job kind of story but all the characters it's a lot of things yeah like you're saying all the, the supporting characters are what make it so good and that's what's yeah. that's coming straight from his writing i feel like it's, yeah it's great nice yeah uh, but let's get to the thing that we want to talk about. The cast. Yes. The cast. We got Clooney and Lopez. J-Lo Together and Clune Clune. at last. <laughs> Clopez. Clopez. <laughs> Looney. Oh, there it is. <laughs> uh, George Clooney is doing my favorite version of a George Clooney character here, which we were, you were saying before we started, like, we've only covered George Clooney on the pod where he's a doofus yeah. escaping from something. Yeah. <laughs> Running from shit for some reason. Yes. Yeah. The guy, it's great. Yeah, him playing the guy who's not very good at anything, but is just very charming, or like has a really good niche, like this this kind yes. of, he's just an aloof kind of loser-ish kind of guy, but he's yeah. maybe the smartest of the losers, is it's just, wow. Yeah, he's a, he's a sharp loser, yeah. I guess is the, yeah, he's he's very charming. He I think it is a niche thing for this movie, right? It's, <laughs> it's that he's really super good at like, just something about being inside of a bank. He can just like reshape reality around him. He's yeah. really good at that. And nowhere else. He's just a fuck up everywhere else. Yeah. Or like he doesn't command respect outside of robbing a bank. I don't know why. Like Yeah, yeah you like there's this thing of you funnel in all of his you can tell he's picking up on the fact that nobody respects him through life and all that. He funnels that into, well, I'll do I'll, like, channel that into my low-boiling rage to rob this sure. bank. Well, <laughs> like, that's, that's kind of... Yeah. yeah, that could be it. But they take... He, he, between that opening heist, which is so great, how much he sucks Barely at basketball. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah very bad at basketball. <laughs> right afterward, and his misquoting of movies so much <laughs> is enough to be like, oh, 
I fucking love this character. It's so funny. He gets so, I mean, the trunk scene is, we'll, we'll get to that yeah. for sure, but just the whole time he's having such a good time, like, I'm mad as hell, I'm sick of your shit. Like, he's just <laughs> yeah. so mad at it. He repeats it two or three yeah. times. He's clearly, he knows he's getting it wrong. Yeah. He's, I like the implication, too, that he maybe can't read too good. Uh, yeah. When he's in the jail. There's a lot of... <laughs> He's putting up, like, signs says, uh, shut the fuck up. Yeah. You, can't, you can't read it. It just says, please be quiet. It just, yeah. <laughs> he's, anytime he has a book in hand, he's just flipping the pages. <laughs> I don't think he... I, yeah, maybe he can't read. I don't know. Could be. He does talk about how he uh, started Robin Banks with his uncle. He was the getaway driver when he yeah. was a teenager. Maybe he's dropped out of school. Yeah. And, yeah. That seems right. That's, yeah. Yeah. But, uh... This movie should have been called Jennifer Lopez with a shotgun. Obviously. Yeah. Various guns, I suppose, to be to yes. be fair. Yeah. And I love this uh, quote from Soderbergh on working with J-Lo. Uh, and he said this to her face. This was like, uh, and she laughed it off. But, uh, <laughs> quote, I've never seen an actress who takes direction as well as you, but who hates taking direction. <laughs> and she replied with like, mm. yeah, because my choices are better. <laughs> and they laughed and laughed. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> giving each other shit that's cute that seems like the vibe of the movie yeah nice and it was almost sandra bullock in the j-lo role but uh soderbergh was like she's not tough enough i need somebody who like would Mm. kick the shit out of you and you'd be like oh i should have seen that coming (laughs) i don't know why i didn't think this would happen yeah yeah Yeah. sandy is like she's she's sweet she's kooky yeah she's disarming but not yes she won't disarm you literally <laughs> i can't see her being scary with a gun yeah no. yeah jennifer lopez is scary with a gun yes she is <laughs> yeah which, she's really good in this. which is why it should have been called jennifer lopez with a shotgun i mean or j-lo with a shotgun we've got hobo with around. a shotgun why can't we have j-lo with a shotgun? <laughs> that's the sequel it's very confusing they have nothing to do with each other very different aesthetic choices yeah, yeah. it's modernized uh, but the trunk scene, the trunk scene, the trunk scene. Yes. I mean, do you, we should, we should go through the rest of the cast through. And first, we'll come back to the trunk? Okay. Yeah, I think so. Sure. Uh, adjacent to the trunk scene yeah. is Ving <laughs> Rhames. Uh, one of my favorite Ving Rhames roles, because it really taps into what I love about him, is he always seems like he's got this, like, really protective aura about him, but yeah. he's also a big, huge, tough guy. He's a, yeah, he's, he's gentle gianting in yeah. this, for sure. But, like again can quickly turn to scary Not that gentle, so yeah. easy <laughs> but uh Clooney wanted Ving Rhames for it he like specifically like was like yeah seek him out get nice. him in I want him to be buddy what would Ving Rhames have been in at this point only thing that I'm really familiar with him in that comes to the top of my head is the um Dawn of the Dead remake oh yes right right but uh that like I know I've seen he's one of those guys that like he just pops up he's just around he's, he's around he's yeah. hanging out he is very good in this where you can really believe that like the Clooney character, and I feel like Clooney characters, maybe all of mm. them, you're like, do people enjoy being around this person? <laughs> yeah, you I don't know. You feel like they're friends. Yes. Yeah. You're like, man, this is the most patient man in the world, and that is just his personality, and like, they get along. <laughs> yeah. Yes. They get along really well. And I really like in the story, Elmore Leonard did lots of interviews for this movie. For the actual original story, he had envisioned Buddy as like, more like a junkie-ish type character, like a skinny... Mm, like kind of a strung out... Strung like out white guy yeah. who's like more like Glenn than the buddy that we get here. Um, but they cast Ving Rhames and like through shooting, Elmer Leonard was like, oh yeah, I think this improves it. Like, nice, just nice. Like, yeah, heightens the material. I love that. <laughs> it's very good. It uh, does feel like, yeah, Clooney's guy would like fully would not have gotten anywhere without this guy. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, you got Don Cheadle's in there. Uh, another great sure is. and funny turn from Don Cheadle. I love, <laughs> uh, I feel like a while ago we were talking about Devil in a Blue Dress. Yes. He's in. Yeah. That's like Don Cheadle turned up to 11. This is like an eight kind of thing of a similar yeah. kind of character. Very similar though. Yeah. yeah. You just make him a little homicidal and set him <laughs> loose in like a good a good cast. Yeah. Yes, as might not be surprising, a lot of the movie was ad libbed, and Don Cheadle <laughs> was one of the bigger ad libbers. The I gr- it. like the line that I love, you know, in a situation like this, there's a high potentiality for the common motherfucker to bitch out. <laughs> that was uh, in the moment. <laughs> was just that seriously? <laughs> yeah, that's so written though. Like, I know. That's so- <laughs> You could tell he came so up with good. that sitting in his trailer. He's like, yeah. oh, yeah, I'm going to wow him. I'm going to drop this bomb on. <laughs> That's so cute. That's, uh, a good, that's a good line. He's so great. He, he like, there's so many great character actors in this that everybody disappears for a little while and then comes back yeah. at a certain point. Yeah. And it's always like, oh, yeah, this guy. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> excited to see him come back. That's great. I really, he's really good to, like, he's borderline not supporting where it's like, here mm. is the he's very believable as someone who can go toe-to-toe with Jack Foley. Yeah, like, he's got the, what I always think of as the Elmore Leonard special, which is, he is so small-time, but he thinks he's so big-time. Yeah, that it almost makes him big-time, where it's like, oh, he just plows through people like no one's he's not gonna hear no from anybody yeah like the in watching this i definitely thought he was a big time guy for the duration and then thinking about it afterward be like oh no he's just like a petty crook yeah like (laughs) he he literally persuaded me he convinced me he lied to (laughs) me he got me yeah (laughs) i know it's crazy yep Uh, Don Cheadle, this, my I ugh, every time I think about it, I'm like, no, that's my favorite yeah. part of the movie. No, that's my favorite. But Don Cheadle often comes out as my favorite part of the movie. I definitely have my favorite part of this movie. Who will we'll get to them? Oh, okay, uh, all right. But moving down our amazing cast, we got Dennis Farina. Mm-hmm. Uh, Foley says at one point he's got a cop's face. He does. Famously, <laughs> Dennis Farina was a cop yeah. before he became an actor. He um, and J Lo are really good together. Oh, too. they're he's so her, cute. Her father, yeah. like retired cop, I guess. Yeah. genuinely really heartwarming like relationship where they're like not comfortable with each other but they love each other they're a little comfortable but it's just like leave me alone do my own thing (laughs) it's really interesting they there's like any movie there's tons of deleted scenes Mm. um but they were like filmed and went to cutting room floor as opposed to you know loose test footage Uh, so these were like completed scenes and there's a few different scenes of the, these two, Dennis Farina and, and J-Lo, hanging out. And to your point of that, they're kind of just, like, dancing around, not their issues, but, like, conversation topics that they're not the most comfortable talking about. Yeah. But they shift into, like, ultra-comfort mode as soon as they start talking about arresting people and cops yeah. and robbers and stuff. It's really cute. There's a moment where, uh, in one of the lead scenes, Dennis Farina is coaching J-Lo on how to talk to Jack fully when... She next sees him, and he knows that she's, like, really into him. Yeah. And that's how he's guiding the conversation. So it's like, so when you, oh, it's when he's, she's going to talk to his ex-wife. Right, right. Catherine Keener, who we'll talk about in a minute. (laughs) Um, He he says, like, okay, so if you want to find out who, what this Jack Foley character is like, this is how you approach the ex-wife. You, and it's, you can tell he's just running through how you would interrogate a person regularly. 
but it's like this is how you get the feel the for angle, what the, kind of a guy he is. So yeah. you bring up, uh, we were in the trunk together, and you wait and see her reaction, see if she's like, oh, did he grab you? Or if she says like he didn't try anything, then you know that he's like pretty on the level. He's but fl- it, yeah. <laughs> if she's not worried, then you know that there's no chance anything bad would happen, and he's a solid guy. And then he goes on to like oh, the next. Oh, amazing! <laughs> it's so cute. <laughs> it's really like a lot of their time together on screen is like I do wish we'd seen that, but it's mm. also like he can tell that she's not making like the best decisions about her love life yeah. as far as he's concerned as her father. Like, you know, nobody's good enough for my little girl kind of thing, <laughs> but not in a toxic way. You no, know? he's got that, like, he's, like, he's he can... needling her in a, this is actually important, but I'm not going to push it beyond this yes, kind I of Yes, I don't want to ruin our relationship kind of, but yeah. Yeah, just every once in a while, because she had formerly dated some criminals, just comes up. Yeah. <laughs> he just kind of like drops their name in every once in a while. She's like, dad, shut Dad, up. come on. Yeah. <laughs> A lot of like eye rolling. <laughs> Dennis Brina, really good. <laughs> yeah, this like I can't think of a role I enjoy him more, and he's another guy that just pops up as a cop and oh, tons yeah, of sure. things. But yeah, yeah. Uh, and I do like just highlighting the um, one of the conversations they have. He he, Dennis Farina is going through the paper. And he's like, oh, this is Jack Foley? This is the guy? And, like, shows her a picture. Yeah. And she goes, like, he doesn't even look like that. It's not even a good picture. <laughs> that is uh, George Clooney's mugshot from the movie Till Dusk, From Dusk Till Dawn. Oh! <laughs> Recently shot by you really, You really took me on a, a journey with that sentence. Shouldn't have like, Am I going to learn something right now? Yeah, he does prank people a lot. <laughs> and we should put him in jail. <laughs> Yes, that's true. You know what? This movie feels like a Tarantino movie, but without the like aggressive stylized yes. parts. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And well, there's a little bit of got a little bit of info. On oh, that gracious! All right. Um, yeah. So, Dusk Till Dawn, Mugshot. Uh, that's funny. You just reminded me. Just talk, I don't know what cued this off. I forgot. Like Clooney is known as the prank guy. Yeah. Very. Very inappropriate at the workplace. Um, <laughs> the other thing that I forgot that he does in every interview, whenever he's asked about anybody, he descri- He doesn't talk about working with them. He doesn't talk about what they're like as an actor. He describes how they play basketball. And that's like how he approaches stuff. So like okay. every time, every interview I watched of him on this movie, which are all very funny, is him starting like, oh, Don Cheadle, yeah, yeah. He can go left or right. He's got a great <laughs> jump shot. And then like Dennis Freed, like for an old guy, he moves pretty well. And you wouldn't expect it. For an old guy. <laughs> Uh, why? why? <laughs> uh, Albert Brooks comes up like, oh yeah, he's terrible. Can't oh, go I left can't or right. Even, no. you, wouldn't, you wouldn't know it to look at him, but he's actually 75 years old. <laughs> <laughs> so rude. Yeah, that's great. Uh, but Albert Brooks is there too. One of my favorite people to see show, show up in oh, his yeah. baldest role yet. Yeah, <laughs> indeed. I love Brooks. Speaking of improv... Ooh, speaking <laughs> of improvising stuff. I just got too excited to get to this. My older Brooks. <laughs> Brooks's contributions here are more on the production side oh. because he was the guy that came in and was like, he should be so embarrassingly bald. He should have the worst toupees. He should have big gross teeth. So like he's wearing big fake teeth. In oh, this. is he? I wondered. I. It takes me a while to recognize him. And that's why I, I think. This. Yeah. 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 Like, he should have glasses that make him look like a goddamn loser. Like he should look like. He looks like a nerd you want to beat up. Yeah. For sure. And yeah. that brings us to the amazing comedic beats like the wig safe. <laughs> the wig safe <laughs> fucking cracks me up every goddamn time. They're trying to. The, oh my god. Yes. Describe well, it. Yeah, yeah. So the the gist of it is like the one last job is they they bust out of prison and they're kind of jockeying for this one take yeah. like Don Cheadle and George Clooney's characters and Karen Sisko, J-Lo is trying to stop them and they're going for, I don't know what his 
motivation is about this, but Albert Brooks' character has told everybody that there's diamonds at his house. I think he's just bragging. I think that's all it is. Oh, he's just a dumbass. All right. No, I think think it's more like, I have money, so do things for me and I'll pay you. I think that's maybe, that's his only safety net in prison. Exactly. he can pay people money because he cannot defend himself physically. Yeah, yeah, fair, fair. (laughs) So they go to try and rob his house when when they bust out. And they find this safe and they're like shooting it. They try and eventually they break into it and it's just wigs. It's not even... Just luxurious. Wigs. It's three. Yeah. Like, Sorry. It. Yeah. Three very carefully placed wigs as though in a museum. It's so funny. It like <laughs> wonderful beat. Literally there, there's a shot of them reacting to the wigs and then another shot of them reacting to the wigs. And I feel like I need both of them because yeah. if not, I'd be like, what? What am Wait, I looking am I, at? Yeah. <laughs> am I crazy or are they crazy? It's so funny. Like you might as well put the, you know, Pulp Fiction golden briefcase yeah. reaction shot and then just wigs. Wigs. <laughs> His real treasure. Nick. Yeah. His real treasure. It's, he's, that's uh, your, his fatal flaw, the vanity. Mm, yep. So true. But yeah. uh, the real, the winner of this movie for me is Steve Zahn. There he is. Yeah. Quote from Don Cheadle. This was while they're shooting. He just said, Steve Zahn is going to steal the whole movie. Oh, yeah. It doesn't matter what the rest of us are doing. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like everybody's performance is probably to try and be seen yeah. because Steve Zahn is so great in this. <laughs> the fucking, the scene where he's trying smaller and smaller weights while he's talking. He's so funny. <laughs> so funny. He's this, he's also like, this guy I can see is the, you know, what Buddy originally yeah, started. This kind of to, like yeah. tweaky little, you know, little weedy white guy. <laughs> and he really like, He's got this, you know, tip from Albert Brooks that there's diamonds and he's trying to spread it around and see who he can, like... Latch like, on to. Yeah, like a little yeah, lamprey. totally. Like, just ingratiate himself. <laughs> a little yes, lamprey with sunglasses. <laughs> the dumbest sunglasses. And he's he's doing his, like, well, if someone were in the know, that he's, like, trying to do a speech about it to them casually and he's trying to, like, lift weights but he can't lift any of the weights because he's too weedy, so he just it's has to go down the line. Trapped under a <laughs> bench press. Oh, my God. He eventually gets one of the weights picked up, and he realizes he's spit off more than he can chew, so he puts yeah. it back, and he picks up a smaller one. But that is that is in miniature, Glenn's whole deal. He's biting off more than he can chew. Oh, that's so true, though. I yeah. love, this is all the Elmer Leonard uh, uh, character bits of... Yeah immediately paint them with something that shows their immediate flaw and how the entire plot will play out based on how they're introduced. I love it. It's so great. <laughs> I, I will say, too, the the beginning scene is a scene that we later mm. circle back to. Yeah. It's like this, and then you might as well put, like, that's me. I bet you're wondering how I re- ended up in this situation. But it's, it's Clooney walking out of a job furious yeah. because they were like, you're not good for anything except security guard. Just, like, sit down and wear the monkey suit. He fucking tears off his tie and then marches into the nearest <laughs> bank. Like, that's the only place he can f- he feels powerful. Feels in control. Yeah. 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 That's that, his little opening bit. I love that. That opening is the most I've gone from, like... You know, I've seen, I've seen Ocean's Eleven. I've seen uh, a few others. Or I've seen Kimmy. Um... <laughs> Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, but that's the... I've gone from, like, okay, I'll watch a Soderbergh movie, sure, sure, to, like, I am so into this. Yeah. That initial freeze frame was just <laughs> levitating, like, yes. That's possibly the best title card I can remember seeing in a hot minute. Yeah, yeah. so fucking funny. <laughs> yeah. 
I think, it, yeah, I, all of the character beats in it are, they're so efficient. Mm, yes. It's just like a miracle of casting that, yeah, like Steve Zahn for sure is the perfect guy for this. Because oh, he so is funny. just like, you can see him not realizing that he can't do this, you know? <laughs> that's that's a good a good pickup. Soderbergh cut what he, I don't think they wound up filming this. They scripted it, but they didn't film it. There was, they were playing with the idea of a post credit scene of Glenn in a bar <laughs> telling this story to the bartender oh. <laughs> with the impl- like the implication being like, Glenn just made all of this up and it would end with like, so I, I got this idea for another job to like try and pull in the bartender, right. biting off another thing he can't finish. <laughs> Glenn! But uh, I oh think, I think it's a good cut. I don't think no, it needs to be there, but it's very cute to think like they just Glenn wanted was the main character all yeah, along. <laughs> they just they were just like this is great. We got to like feature him more somehow. One more, yeah. <laughs> that's so funny. Yep. Yeah. on marvelous. Yeah. Plus, like, and that's not mentioning all the other really small bits we've got from Nancy Allen, Catherine Keener, Isaiah Washington, Louise Guzman, Viola Davis, Wendell B. Harris, Michael Keaton, Sam Jackson. Listen to this fucking. Listen to this <laughs> list of cast members and understand that these people are in the movie for five minutes or less. That's how good this movie is. <laughs> not only that, Michael Keaton and Sam Jackson were like, "Yeah, we'll work for free." Yeah, oh, they, awesome. They that's just great. wanted to be part of it because it just seemed like so much fun. <laughs> Oh my God, Michael Keaton's right yeah. that so funny. Which, speaking of which, uh, the Quentin Tarantino attachment here that we've got is, of course, yes. um, this movie is being filmed as Jackie Brown is wrapping up filming, I think, mm, or okay. just came out, something like that. Another Elmore Leonard movie, another uh, See, Quentin there Tarantino it is. thing. Yep. But this is the Ray Nicolette uh, shared universe where Michael <laughs> Keaton is playing the same character in each. The RNCU, yes. <laughs> uh where they're from two different studios, so it's yeah. wild that Ray Nicolette is being Go allowed to be used here. Yeah. But Quentin Tarantino just like convinced the Jackie Brown studio, like, "Hey, this is going to be really worth it. This is great. This yeah. is like free advertising for us. Don't worry." <laughs> just because Quentin Tarantino <laughs> loves Elmore Leonard, and he's like, "Yeah, get Michael yeah, Keaton on. out there. It'll be great." Yeah, and Michael yeah. Keaton was like, "Yeah, absolutely. I would love to just <laughs> hang out with Dennis Freena and J Lo for an afternoon." Gosh, I guess, yeah. <laughs> He's so funny. He comes in wearing a giant F. He's like Karen's new boyfriend and like hasn't left his wife yet. And this is one of the mm. little points of contention that her father is like, I don't know about this guy. Uh, they're separated, but he's still living at home. So they're not really so they're separated. they're not separated, are they? <laughs> he comes in wearing a giant FBI t-shirt. Like it's, it's day off or whatever. And Dennis Rina just kind of eyeballing him. And then he goes, hey, Ray, you ever wear a shirt that says undercover? And he just... <laughs> There's like... 15 seconds of him just chewing gum and you can see the wheels in his head spinning and he's like no (laughs) (laughs) just the dumbest emptiest head it's it's wonderful uh it is wonderful i just it is every single person that shows up in this movie improves it it's so great yeah it's just layered you're never like i was like yes yes oh Fuck yeah, that's And awesome. it's not only that, but it's like, oh, we should have seen more of this type of character uh, from, like, Wendell B. Harris especially. I yeah. would love to have seen him more in more stuff. I just personally really like him, so I Fair did a shout out. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Catherine Keener. This, again, this oh. hyper-specific, like, Catherine Keener as a former magician's <laughs> assistant and Dave Foley's, Dave Foley, Jack Foley's ex-wife. I'm going to keep doing this. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. I like picturing Dave Foley. And, well, I'm just basically picturing the <laughs> wrong picturing guy. You're picturing the wrong guy, yeah, because that's what this movie is. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, just she's, she's, so you can see how they got together mm. and also definitely why they divorced. Yes. Like, yeah. 
Yeah, so I wanted to talk about one thing that you mentioned already, which <laughs> is the use of freeze frames in this movie. Oh, sure. Feels very of its time, kind of, like late kind 90s of. style. Yeah. It's most apparent in the like the big opening title card and then in the big, lo- spoilers, <laughs> big love scene between uh, Jack Foley and Karen Sisko. Yes. But uh, the only one that they had planned out ahead of time was the title card. Because oh, okay. Soderbergh was like, this is funny. This is very we funny. We do this. Yeah. Um, and the last freeze frames that he used were in the love scene to be like, okay. and now we're like caught up in time kind of because there's no flashbacks oh. after that point. Oh, 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 okay. Yeah. Okay, got it. I think the oh, idea is there's a bit of like every time there's a freeze frame, it's kind of like a, if you were this character, you're casting back to like what's been occurring over the past couple of years. Sure. Kind of a way to evoke the idea of memory coming up. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, but I also, to talk about the flashbacks, because the ordering of this story is... Neat. It's kind of all over the yes, place. Yes, it took me two two views. I was like, it doesn't matter, but it's no. also like, yes, oh, okay. Yeah. Initially, like, so, so yeah, I got a, a long road to get us here. So let's, uh, <laughs> let's talk a little bit about Start this. Start your engine. Um, Soderbergh came on this project after it was already, like, going and everything. They were just like, we need a director. Get that Soderbergh kid in here. Oh, okay. Um, because they had a director. It was a little man named Barry Sonnenfeld. Oh, okay. <laughs> who Just eventually, he, he admitted, like, I don't really get what the tone of this movie should be. <laughs> okay. Like, this, I'm not the right guy for this. I'm going to pass and go and work on another movie. And that movie was Wild Wild West. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, sir. I don't think you knew what the tone of that movie would be either. <laughs> no, I think he knew. I, <laughs> yeah, all right. Fair yeah. enough. Uh, go listen to our episode on Wild Wild West. <laughs> But when Soderbergh comes on, uh, it was going to be like, they got the filming schedule kind of worked out and all this. And it was just going to be chronological, front to back. Makes and sense. Sure, it does. But Soderbergh was like, no, that's a very bad idea. Because if we do that, you don't meet Karen Sisko until like nearly an hour into the movie. <laughs> oh, yeah, I guess that's <laughs> Cause true. Because there's okay, so right, right, much right. back, like prison backstory. Yeah. So he broke it up into what we have, which I think is a great move. Um, because it does play into this like memory of stuff that's been happening, doing yeah. one last job, thinking back on all the other jobs. And this kind of like, did I fuck this up? Could I have taken a different path at some point? Yeah. Like, a, There's a lot of just hints of that. And to be the you in the room for a moment really feels uh, like a Western type move <laughs> of like, the world's moving on without me. Well, yes. Yeah. I, this is a thought I had as you were saying about <laughs> Elmer Leonard, and I was like... I'm going to cool it for an episode. <laughs> I'm going to... I can't get away. <laughs> Thank you. I've pigeonholed you. Uh, <laughs> but the thing I really like about... So there's the freeze frames, which I feel work in that, like, brief stint, like, jogging memory type of thing. Yeah. But the very just, like, basic filmmaking stuff of all of the time periods have their own color code. Yes. Yeah. Lompoc is really... It's in the desert, so it's all yellow and orange. <laughs> yeah. Is that the one that you said that you felt like had a really distinct... Uh, uh, yes, that's the one where I'm like, whoa, different color yeah. grading. Okay. I think that that's very much on purpose, like, just bust you out of, like, oh, this is something so different from yeah, what we've been yeah. watching. Uh, the other prison, Glades, is, like, deep, really, really deep, like, blues mm. and grays and blacks, like, really rich colors. Florida, baby. Yeah. Then you go to Buddy's place, and I guess it's just California in general, which are all, like, what is California? Miami? Right? Miami, yes. I think sorry. it's Miami. Uh, it's all like blown out, oversaturated colors. So lots of Beach like. Beach colors. <laughs> yeah, more pastel y side of things. Yeah. And then you go to Detroit, which is all gunmetal. Yeah. <laughs> 
just the wintriest, bleakest mm. place. Yes. And then you go to Ripley's house, which is seemingly where they filmed Suspiria. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's a fucking set and a half. Yeah. There's oh a shot God. of White Boy Bob looking down a hallway, and it is just like, oh, God. Oh, Jesus. Grotesque. Yeah, just like an unidentifiable plinth. With a statue on it, and yeah. it's all bathed in horrible blood red light. <laughs> what the fuck is this place? Yeah, but yeah. Uh, then he finds some stakes, and he has a happy, happy time. Oh, White Boy Bob is not a complicated. Person. Just to tie a bow on White Boy Bob, uh, when he falls, and spoilers for White Boy Bob's journey here. Uh, after he slips and shoots himself in the face, mm-hmm. which is nicely foreshadowed by the amount of times he falls down in the movie. <laughs> um, they had to. They did like a few test screenings of this, and then did some reshoots afterward and all that. They had to add like ten seconds of Clooney reaction because people were laughing so hard in the theater. <laughs> yeah, I believe it. Yeah, <laughs> fucking kills me. <laughs> oh, my hands just shot to my mouth, and it's just Clooney also looking like, oh my god, what am I? How lucky okay? can a guy get? Yeah, <laughs> did that actually happen? <laughs> so great. The thing that I like about the, I feel like Soderbergh is really hit and miss on this for me, but mm. there's sometimes his character stuff is so in your face that I'm like, okay, I get it, come on. And this is the most subtle I feel like he's been with stuff. It's not very subtle still, but the the fact that there is all this like memory and looking back, and it's it's a really contemplative movie compared to what I'm used to seeing from him. I think that's fair to say. Yeah, yeah. I like that. Yeah, it's it's very much an interior journey. Where the thing mm. is still a crime heist. Like, yeah. it's still got that energy and the needle drops. And, like, it's like you're watching, yeah, just a, a more thoughtful Ocean's Eleven. Yeah, you know? and hearing him describe it, he's like, it's three mini heists, kind of. Like, it's t- it's mm. a prison break, and it's a little chase movie, and then right. it's a Cat mouse, and then yeah. a heist, yeah. So it, it, I feel like that allows the space to breathe that normally isn't there for his stuff. Which yeah. can be, like... A fucking nail in the coffin for for pacing. Like, if you're not into the characters, then this would be an awful movie to watch. All of the really quiet moments would not work. Like, you have the J-Lo's... There's a lot of extended-ass scenes, Yeah, for sure. Like, in a way I'm not really used to seeing in in action movies, certainly of the time, or, like, action-y movies. Yeah, which is why it's so hard to pin down the... If you want to categorize this as a specific genre like uh karen sisko's little fantasy scene about george Clooney yeah. <laughs> feels like it goes on so long but like in, in in a good way where you're like oh she is truly like she is looking with a romance novel yeah. in the bath really having a night about it yeah yeah and their love scene as well and like mm. and the trunk scene like all of yes. these really i mean i think we're identifying a pattern here it is just like when these two characters are together it's really like yeah. Like time stretchy. Yeah, it's very like. Oh, I don't know. time stretchy. The the shot of them looking at each other at Buddy's place, uh, Clooney in the elevator and J Lo in the couch. Oh yeah, that is. <laughs> it is crazy. It does not really last for that long, but it does feel like it, it lasts feels forever. Like so long, yeah. This yeah, is, that's true. This little wave. Just, oh hi. Hello. <laughs> yeah, that's great. And I love the both Soderbergh and Elmore Leonard were both like while filming was ongoing they were saying like if that scene works for people then they're sold in the whole movie uh, if that scene doesn't yeah. work like they were like we have to get this scene perfect because if it doesn't work you'll be like well why the fuck should why i care about it yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's so true yeah so uh, trunk whatever. scene let's talk about it let's talk about the trunk scene okay listen so these two are so good together I feel like wasn't there there was just some like Twitter prompt that went around that was like what's the sexiest non-sex scene yeah. in a movie? It's this. <laughs> it's this. It's uh, literally the top result is out of sight trunk scene. Yeah. 
because it's just like obviously it's very intimate they're very close they're escaping from prison and they've had to kidnap her because she yeah. saw them this and she had a shotgun so she they yeah. had to like disarm her and you know forced intimacy and it could mm. feel so like the, creepy and weird yeah like stockholm syndrome type stuff yeah. too comes into play where you're like well how into him is she actually but then you get all this other knowledge of like no this is the kind of guy she is super, he's super into, into yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he's so disarming that he's obviously like he's not her intellectual equal uh-uh, <laughs> in no. that sense it's like fine it's she she never didn't have control of the situation or didn't have like a way out of the situation yeah. it's not a kidnapping they're literally just moving her from one spot to another is kind of like she's so competent yeah. Yeah. but yeah it's there's this very like oh no this is bad it, like he's is he gonna be weird we don't know him that well no. right mm-hmm. like yet but they're they're crammed in the trunk of buddy's car and i think she knows not to like struggle or make a scene right because mm-hmm. she's like okay that's not gonna help my chances yeah she, she just more has like, to talk to him she's, she's got just like oh, this the same guy. reaction like the printer isn't working like yeah. that kind of like oh my god come on i just have to spend my next 25 minutes doing this like you know yeah but then they, they i don't even really know how it happens but they end up talking about like it's them talking about movies that yeah. does it, which is so cute it's so adorable and that is a classic first date thing like you're getting a taste for each other's tastes <laughs> Yeah, that's and true. they like the same movies. Like, that's so yeah. nice. And they do the adorable thing. I think it's a little adorable where it's it's this very like obviously they can talk to each other really easily. Mm. You know, she's like kind of needling him at first where it's like, "Oh, you know, is this is this really what you wanted? You hoped your life would turn out, <laughs> you know." Well, and he was like, "Oh, well, you know, when you're like me, this is I just I'm just like this. I'm just a guy." And they end up talking about like, not, she hasn't let her guard down, but you can see, uh, outwardly, she hasn't let it down, but inwardly, she's like, I'm not going anywhere for the next half hour, so, like, why make a, you know, yeah, you can <laughs> a scene about Yeah, you this. can see the wall come down where yeah. she's just, like, being standoffish, obviously, because, yeah. of course, you would be, and just, like... Snippy a little. Yeah, eventually, the thing that, the switch in my mind is it's so specific when... He's talking about um, Network, the movie Network, yes. and he's like, oh, he can't what? quite. This is the thing I think is funny and adorable. Like yeah. he's trying to, uh, oh, who, who is it? Who is it? Who is he it? Can't pull it. Yeah, and she's like, ah, yeah, Faye yeah, so great. She's like, yeah, yeah, she's great. Uh, Met uh, hell, and uh, I'm not gonna take any more of your shit. And she says it a few times, and she gets a little smile, and you can, you see, can her go see her go like, no, being no. Like, <laughs> this guy's so dumb. Aww. Stop it, stop it, J Lo. You know better. <laughs> Yeah, it's very cute, and it is just a, like, yeah, you can't do anything else. Neither of them can't do well, anything else during that scene except talk to each other. It's like, uh, like how many road trip movies have you seen where they eventually <laughs> fall in love? It's this trapped, well, I mean, I remember remembering the movie Drive My Car, the, like, you get to <laughs> yes. know somebody because you're trapped in this weird liminal space. Yes, there's, like, no, you and you're not driving. You don't yeah. even have that, like, interaction with the, the rest of the world. But yeah, yeah, you don't have anything to focus on. You're just stuck facing a direction. You can yeah. barely see each other. Yeah. 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 And like, and they're very physically close and mm. he has to kind of put her or his hand on her thigh because yeah. that's where his arm goes. Like, yeah. Or he not, would be know. like falling into her every time they turn. Like yeah. it's such a like, okay, it's not creepy because you can see he's literally just like bracing himself. Yeah. But yeah. it's just like two of the hottest people on the planet, and like it, at their peak too. Yes, like, yeah. Such a, oh. <laughs> Late nineties, George Clooney and J Lo. I feel like George Clooney is so handsome that like he gets away with making a lot of stupid faces in this movie. Oh, big like, time! He just he he doesn't 
act pretty for the camera at all. <laughs> but that's it's the classic, like, he's so confident in that. Yeah, that you're oh, like, totally. ah. Yeah, this is the thing only an insanely hot person can do. <laughs> yeah. Thanks a lot, George. Uh, another Twitter prompt that's going around a lot right now is, uh, what celebrity do you get mistaken for? And I get a lot of George Clooney. That's kind of what I get. Are you being serious? No. <laughs> <laughs> like, listen. I keep wanting to share, like, I get I get Brundlefly from the fly <laughs> Oh, my God. Okay. <laughs> um, Don't put that in it. Who would... Uh, yeah, this is this is for you to figure out. Good luck. No, no, no. You're sort of a oh, what's what's his what's his guy? This is I know, I know. I won't allow it. Oh, fine. Okay, I'll look him up later. Okay, cool. Me? You look me up later? <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna look you up later, girl. <laughs> uh, trunk scene stuff though. Yes. I the the way that we get to where it is 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 great because talking about the test screenings. Originally, all of the trunk conversation is shot in one static camera long take okay and they played it for test audiences and other Soderbergh was like ah it sucks nobody liked it oh weird because okay. it, it just you get impatient I think I guess it, it that it, could really work for you or really not I yeah would so they eventually like cut it up like it is now um so they had to like go back and reshoot that at the end of the of everything after the test screen, oh which sure is, oh because <laughs> they did I think he said they did like 50 takes of it or something like that oh, and they're Jesus. in a trunk like there's no way to yeah do that without actually being in a trunk Get in the trunk again, guys. Yeah. Okay. Um, but there is, I just want to call it a fantastic shot. There is a dissolve from Buddy watching the road to a slow zoom in on the trunk that fades to them talking to each other. Right. That is just so beautiful. It is just one of the, like, uh, it gives me chills watching it. Just the visual <laughs> presentation of that it's is so great. Some some scenes in this movie are just, like, beautifully shot yeah. for no reason. You're doing a little crime scapade. You didn't need to, like... <laughs> and this is why I pointed out at the beginning the step between Soderbergh being a little art house guy to, sure. to mainstream, where he's still using all of those tools. Like, he's not used to working with a budget, I feel like. So he's, like, flexing <laughs> like, all those muscles he's no, never gotten to use. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love that. Yeah. So when they go back and do these reshoots, they've like they've gotten to know each other over the course of this movie, and now yeah. they're like perfectly in sync. That's so cute. I, I think that. that's that's the way you got to do it, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> like, oh, they've got this really hardcore established link. Yeah, okay. Oh, chemistry. Oh, okay. <laughs> I've heard of a little thing called chemistry. Chemie. <laughs> yeah. Ah, the the language of love. <laughs> Yeah, definitely not that I just went to school for French in French uh, for 12 years and don't know English words. <laughs> Thanks for bringing it up, Nick. No, the fantastic chemistry. Like, really, mm. there's a reason that, yeah, this movie appears so high on so many of those mm -hmm. lists. And uh, like like I said, there were there were tons of changes from the book, and a lot of them I think are for the movies to the movies' advantages. Like mm. I think it works better this way. Okay. Things like they think about each other a lot in the book, and you can't put that on screen so much. Yeah. So just a lot of like the fantasy scene uh, sure. is brand new. That makes sense. Yeah. And the ending is completely changed. The book ends oh. with her arresting him, like shooting him in the leg and arresting him, and that's the last scene of the book. Oh, okay. But uh, they added the epilogue where Sam Jackson. Uh, is there and it's good um and i initially i was reading that i was like oh well we're just hollywood happy ending it that feels a little trite maybe mm -hmm, kind of sure but then i looked up the reasons that they did it is because they're like yeah elmore leonard isn't like a guy who writes women characters so in the book karen cisco is like a by the book by the book and she finishes by the book there is sure. no change in her character oh okay she's tempted sure. and she remains stolid and unchangeable which i guess like if that's the movie you're making there is you you can work with that but that's not really 
No, yeah, that's not really what her character is in this movie. Yeah, they wanted to show that she herself has changed, and that's their way to communicate that, like, oh, they have changed each other, not just one influencing the other. Yeah. Because this isn't a movie about a dude. This is a movie about a couple. Like, that's... This is arguably very much Karen Sisko's movie. Yeah, and they... A lot of that is uh, is the screenplay writer who I mentioned off the top. That was his... Got like it. modus operandi with it which i think is fantastic it's so great it's such a like you know leave them wanting more it's a real like jack foley will return <laughs> not in a, I, all of these things are coming together i'm like this is just a marvel movie where sam jackson shows up at the end to be like i have another mission for you <laughs> confusingly uh, operates in the same universe as jackie brown but there yeah. is two people his doppelganger mm. is running around being a bail bondsman that's terrifying <laughs> An unlicensed spot. Yeah. Yeah. I like that a lot. Oh, that's cute. Okay. I thought it was, quite honestly, I did think it was just like, ah, leave him on an up. Like, you know, she puts him for a very long drive in the back of a truck with a guy who's broken out of federal prison nine times. Literally named for breaking out of prisons. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, she's just, you know, have a good time chatting back there, boys. I'm not going to listen to anything you say. Just talk about, you know, prison, whatever. Yeah cute very cute is it illegal to break out of prison in the united states oh yeah that'll okay. that'll like extend your that's oh. i feel like there's a bunch of prison movies that are quite famous for like you go to prison for like a two-week thing and then, and then it's shitty there and you escape and then you, that turns into a 10-year sentence and Got then, it. yeah seems dumb very okay <laughs> that's that's my opinion on it that's all <laughs> karen sisko fighting the good fight um, speaking of which, I don't think, I didn't know this. They did a TV series of this. Really? Yeah, of this. They, uh, it was just called Karen Sisko. Nice. Uh, and it's about <laughs> Karen Sisko. Oh, okay. Starring, uh, Carlo Gugino as Karen Sisko. Uh, and you got Robert Forster as her dad. Which oh, is great. Oh, yes. And yeah. Bill Duke is there playing somebody too. So it's just like, oh, it just dope. seems like fun. Yeah. But it's only ran for 10 episodes. Just want to let you know that that existed. Was it from the UK? No. Oh, okay. You just got canned after <laughs> it was just short <laughs> that's awesome yeah uh and the last like i mentioned up, up top uh that they didn't really know what to call this movie like this was a hard movie to market because they're like well we can't call it a comedy because oh, then like t- yeah like talking to albert brooks about it he's like so if you say it's a comedy am i walking into this being like okay i'm gonna watch the three stooges like oh, yeah <laughs> or do you call it a rom-com and then people are showing up like this is violent and scary <laughs> there's a lot of um blood <laughs> in this movie there's a bone saw. Yeah. They casually discuss rape several times. Uh-huh. Classic rom-com. Classic rom-com. Um, well, it's fine. Yeah. Uh, but I like the I like the way that Clooney sums it up, which is, uh, how bad of a bad guy do you want to be? Which is, that's the, like, that's uh-huh. what he takes it as. And then the rest is just, like, it's an Elmore Leonard movie. They are their own <laughs> subgenre. They really are. Yeah. We've, there's probably a word in German or something. Yeah. But... Because, I mean, like you, could, compound you can tone. so easily compare this to Jackie Brown. But like you say, yeah. it's not the same tone. No. Like, it's not that far off. But, it's, yeah, it's... Yeah. yeah. I think if you enjoy Jackie Brown, yes, you would very much enjoy Out of Sight. But they are not the same. Yeah. No, very much not. But yeah. I do want to watch Jackie Brown. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay, if I... Can I tell you about the, the color thing that I, I oh, forgot yeah. about? The... So, Steve's on realizes he's in way the fuck over his head when he shows up in Detroit for this this score and he was like oh great I roped but uh, I roped um oh what's his name Snoopy <laughs> Snoopy and fucking hates that nickname <laughs> um and 
Snoopy's gonna work for me and we're gonna I'm gonna like mastermind yeah. this this thing and he shows up and Snoopy has like a big bouncer type guy. This is white white by Bob and like a guy with a gym bag full of weapons and a bone saw. Yep. And Snoopy's like, No, you work for me now. Are you good? What you're gonna say no to? Like, yeah. I don't give a shit what you think. And he's like, Oh no! Oh god! <laughs> oh gosh! Oh jeez! Oh jeez! And the and he's just like, I guess an initiation where they have to go to just some low level level drug dealer who yep. like annoyed Snoopy and kill this guy and dismember him. Yep. And the thing that they do is, as Steve Zahn's face is sort of you know centered and and. He's shooting what appears to be an innocent bystander or like a, you know, a family member of this guy who just happened to be in the house or whatever. Mm -hmm. They sort of overlay one of the crew um, spray painting a security camera and it's red and it's so like viscerally red and just out of sight as like, this is what the, the paint is covering up. You can see someone hacking hacking with with an axe at a body lying on the floor and it's just this like it's not out of nowhere no but it is so jarring it's very jarring and it's meant to be right and steve john is just like never the same after this but um yeah it's really it's not a comedy no it is not i don't know like a crime thriller that's just funny because the people in it are funny yeah you know what i mean yeah and it's also just one of those funny stylistic like flourishes that you're like, wow, this is this is really intense for like 15 seconds. More than anything, it's what makes me notice the color coding in everything because <laughs> yeah. red is like so diametrically the opposite of the color palette they're working yeah. in that it just feels like this, yeah, like a shot of blood. <laughs> yeah, just yeah. literally the camera lens filling up with blood. It's crazy. It goes from the bottom up and it's just... This oh, is what I mean but... about Soderbergh stuff where I'm like, sometimes it really doesn't work for me because I'm like, okay, I get it. But this is one of those moments that like, it's so aggressively unsubtle that you're yeah. like, gotta respect it, man. <laughs> yeah, you know, I get it. All right, fair. <laughs> he knows what he's talking about. Blood is red. I, I do <laughs> Gosh, agree. You're so right, Stephen. <laughs> <laughs> I think it gives a good, like, it, it gives a really good visceral, like, grounded... Uh, just he's a foil like snoopy mm. is is the foil for foley the foily if you will <laughs> i love foily he's my favorite cartoon character um the the mascot for aluminum foil everywhere oh the my God. thing that i like about that scene too there was another deleted scene is just like cut off the end of it mm. when glenn is leaving there he drops his sunglasses and karen Sisko right. finds them the next day when she's looking through and that's right. how she knows to track him yeah, but yeah. i didn't really notice he never has his sunglasses again He's lost something of himself Aww. in that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's his, like, stupid affectation, yeah. right? Like, that's what Jack Foley is complaining about the whole time. He's like, I am going to step on those sunglasses. I don't... Like, before we even see him yeah. wearing them, he's, Jack is complaining, I'm going to step on those sunglasses. I don't even care if they're still on his head. I'm going to step on them. Uh, and then he shows up, and you're like, those are really stupid. <laughs> and he's wearing them clearly, at night. Yeah. He's driving up the street. Makes, he thinks they make him look cool. Karen Sisko says, take this exit and he's like i can't even, I can't even see, see. <laughs> it's so bright yellow on, uh, it's really good steve's on as a goddamn treasure his like his turn in this so and as bad ape in the planet of the apes <laughs> movies like two of my favorite comedic performances uh we we ought to be giving flowers to steve vaughn every day vaughn no steve, steve vaughn <laughs> he sounds like a car dealer <laughs> he does actually uh, okay steve's on better not turn out to be bad all right <laughs> sure hope not <laughs> uh. 
Yeah. That's all. <laughs> cool. <laughs> I just think it's it's such a funny tone because mm. it, it's not this very straightforward, like, this is a heist movie. It's like it, yeah. it has a heist in it, but it's not a heist movie as a as a genre. For how tropey, like, top to bottom tropey it is, it really somehow is very, like, it's just unique in, yeah. its, in its tone in that way. And, like, it's not, you know... It's very cohesive. Yeah, I, I don't know. It's just the special little thing. It feels like one of those oh, everything was working right for its uh, 100%. favor at the right time. You know that there were like 20 other versions of this mm. that got made and sucked. Or the never Barry Sonnenfeld made. version. Yeah, right. <laughs> As a for instance. Yeah, <laughs> right. Exactly. Wrong director. Could have sunk everything. Yeah. Wrong leads. Like, we, wrong, I don't know. I don't know if you've seen, but I've definitely seen some bad Elmore Leonard movies. Um, I must have because apparently they're everywhere. Yeah. But, yeah. but yeah, it's not a given. Yes. But I will still watch them. They're not always perfect. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> well, uh, that's all I brought for us on Out of Sight today. I would yeah. love to hear your final thoughts or anything else that I skipped over that you'd, you'd like to get a mention on it. Yeah. No, I just, you know what? I have I have one question for you, and yeah. it's because the, I feel like this, you know, discourse is going around. But, like, what's your favorite, who, who has the best chemistry in a movie to mm. you? If you're not allowed to say this movie. That's going to be tough for me because I've I've got a real... Anal- analyze brain. I'm not sure. a feeler guy when it comes to movies typically. So yeah, I, right. a lot of the, like, what would be eroticism and stuff, I'll just watch and be like, yep, that's just, that's part, that's the style of this movie. It won't be like, ooh, sure. titillating. Ooh. So it's a little hard. It doesn't even have to be sexual chemistry. No, that's fair. That's fair. Um, I feel like I'm going to pass. No, I... <laughs> Um, give me a minute okay. to think on this. I would like, do okay. you have one thing that comes to mind at all on this? Or? Okay, fair. I, uh, I'm, I'm being mean and just springing it on you, but the, the dumbest thing in the world, but like the thing that I always think of when I think of good chemistry in a movie is Val Kilmer and Robert Downey Jr. Yeah, in Kiss <laughs> There's just something about this like framework of like, two kind of dumbasses or someone checked out guy and a dumbass, you know? Yeah. That's a real potent combo for mm-hmm. me. Yep. You've got the nice guys again, a checked out guy that and is a dumbass. something that was kind of coming to mind. Sure. But I, I think my answer is going to be a little metatextual in that anytime you've got a Simon Pegg, Nick Frost team up. <laughs> that's, that's also perfect. It's beautiful. Yeah. It's perfect. Um, yes. And they... honestly, like Sandra Bullock and like anybody, she is so good at <laughs> yeah. working with other people that she, like she can instantly have chemistry with anybody in my mind. Can you tell <laughs> she was so like true. a small crush of mine growing up? Small is the uh, word you want to use. I'm just doing damage control. <laughs> what? <being> small. No. <laughs> this is a safe space for your feelings. Yeah, no, that's fair. I really think it is the. Any anyone that people can be ch- like any pair that can be chatty or has like mm. natural like anything they say the other person wants to say something back and you can feel that like that for yeah. me is chemistry it doesn't again doesn't have to be sexual it's just like a you feel totally open with them yeah. You know? Or yeah. you can tell that they feel open with each other. Maybe they don't like each other. That's not that doesn't. But that's a classic trope. That's a classic like oh true. they don't. But they, look at how good they are but talking like, oh, to each other. God damn it! We're just yeah. describing the trunk scene. At this yeah, point. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I guess all I'm saying is this really is the peak of chemistry. Mm. Yeah, I agree with that. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, because every other like, anytime I think about chemistry, generally, typically in a comedic way. Sure. That that and that's my Nick Frost Simon Pegg thing. <laughs> I feel like in like three weeks I'm gonna have a great answer for you. <laughs> I'm oh, so... um, I'm very stupid. Of course the answer is Tony Lung and Maggie Chung. 
Oh, in, sure, in the sure, for love. sure. That, that yes, is, yes, yes, like, yes. to me, romantic chemistry is that yearning idea, yes. which this does very well. Oh, like, sure, sure. Yeah. Really, really quite. Like, oh, we can't be together, but like, can we, question mark? <laughs> yeah, the, they're in the mood for love and out of sight are very close in my, in like, yeah, for weirdly. very different reasons. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. it has that same quality of, like, I wonder if he's thinking about me. Oh, I don't, I don't, I'm, no, I'm not going to think about yeah, that. Yeah, true. Like, those same feelings are all churning around. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's a great one. Yeah. Damn, okay. I was like, oh, no, I put you on the spot, and then you just kind of knocked it out of the park. All right, well, fine. I, think, I feel like it's a really, no, given a few <laughs> seconds to think of it, sure. very simple. You know, you know the answer. Yeah. Yes. Yep. Nice. All right. And I want to do for hate chemistry. I'm going to go with another Wonka way one. Fucking... <laughs> It's a love-hate thing. Tony Lung and uh, Leslie Chung in oh. um, Happy Together is <laughs> such a compelling... Oh. Like, they viscerally hate each other at times, and they viscerally love each other at times, and it's yeah. so... Uh, yeah, yeah, it's great. Wonka Wei, king of chemistry. Yeah. yeah, that's true, actually. He should be. You should have a friggin' honorary doctorate over here. He's such a good chemist. Who are you being right now? What's... I'm being the head of a university and saying, we gotta give Wonka Wei a friggin'... <laughs> From Brooklyn. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> A character emerges from the mist. <laughs> the Dean of Love University. We've <laughs> got an A-plus oh, in eroticism no, over here. No, don't say it like that. Why would you say that? Eroticism. A. Uh, a. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, well... Professor Love. There is one, I'm just going to call it one last shot that I really like in this movie. Sure. That struck me this time around. When we're about to go, so to set up where we're at in the movie, it's just before the final heist portion. Yes. Clooney's talking to Don Cheadle in the boxing arena area. Oh, yeah. And um, uh, Jack and Buddy's plan is, okay, we'll find out when they're going to do the heist, and then we'll go the day before. Right. And just, like, snake it out from one of them. And because Glenn has abandoned them, Don Cheadle's like, oh, he's going to run off and tell somebody. So we're going right we're now. We're going to do it right now. And Foley's like, hey, buddy, I love you, buddy. Get out of here now. Save yourself. Separate yourself. And he's like, who's going to watch your back? And yeah. Clooney turns around and looks to camera. And it's... I really didn't think about this beforehand. He's, in my mind, looking directly at Karen. And he's like, oh, I'm fine. I trust her and she's got my back. Like, that's oh. what he's thinking about. And it's such a, like... Somehow the chemistry is there in a shot that only involves one of them in a crowded... Like, it's so... Seeing each other across a crowded room... Yes. In that way is... The, the Mac and Charlie thing from Always Sunny. It's well, I was scene. going for more of a South Pacific, uh, once some enchanted evening kind of vibe, okay, but... well, those are the same to me. <laughs> They're not different. I'm They're not, not saying different. They're different. They're not in, unrelated. Uh, yeah, just wanted yeah. to shout that out as a, like... Not affecting me initially, but the more I think about it, the more I'm affected by it. You know? Yeah. You know what? I think like that to me is the chemistry where you can tell one of them is thinking about the other one. Yeah. 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 Like maybe she doesn't notice that he's looking at her, but he knows she's there. Yeah. As a like, uh, she's she's uh, she's watching out for me. I know that. Yeah. I can trust her to to take care of me. The trust. Yeah. 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 Good stuff. Excellent stuff, I'd say. Ah. Oh. So please. Wonderful movie. The more I talk about this movie, I'm, I was like, I'm really, I've said it before, I'm really hitting Miss on Soderbergh. The more I talk about this movie, the more I think it is a legit crime movie masterpiece. Like, <laughs> I don't disagree with that It is moving up in my estimation every time I think about it. Nice. Um, so That's this, what this podcast is for. I get paid to improve your opinion. Oh, you're on the Soderbergh payroll, are you? Better believe I am. Mm. 
Does he have any like jobs in the works to like <laughs> run any casinos? So we could. Uh... I'm not allowed to talk about that. And he's sick of hearing that joke. Thank you. <laughs> I'm gonna take it away now. The Canadian version. It'll be Great Lakes too. It's just the two of us <laughs> doing a heist. Just the two of us. <laughs> we got the cool sound drops ready to go already. <laughs> yeah, that's true. This thing writes itself. All right. Okay. I'll pitch it. I think I'll pitch you're it. on to something. Oh, <laughs> Get out. You didn't think that was a superior play on words? I'm going to kill you with a bone saw. I'm going to kill you. I can see you thinking of another one right now. Stop it. I can't do it. It doesn't it don't work. We're in Ontario. Please go ahead. <laughs> Tell me your time, final thoughts on, on uh, Out of Sight here. What right. legs do I have left? <laughs> I keep going it's through these. Eerie yeah, how is. many of them? Yeah. Uh, all right. I'm taking the wheel here. Yep, please do. Don't open your mouth. I won't. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, okay, so this is such a... <laughs> I'm dying. This is such a, like, charming movie in its way. Like I said, it's it's violent, and there's, you know... It's not about nice people, but that's the point. And yeah, how bad of a bad guy do you want to be? Yeah. Oh, I'm so glad you said that because my movie that I picked is. Oh, going... you're just doing final thoughts. You're getting ahead of yourself, my dear. Oh, I'm sorry. Well, my final thought is that I like that. That's how Clooney describes it. Oh, very good then. <laughs> no, that's true. That's true. So my final thought really is it's like it's the chemistry. Yeah. Like that's why I ask about about what people. It's, gotcha. It's it's the chemistry. It's where both parties are like. Yeah, it activates something in them hmm. that isn't there around other people. And it's yeah. not just confined to one person. Like, you can have chemistry with many people. But, but I think it's this thing of noticing a part of them they didn't know they had. Yes. Yeah. That's so great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that's that's my final thought okay. on it. Cool. That was a close one. We almost <gasps> Woo! broke we almost protocol. veered wildly off of the extremely strict uh, formula. <laughs> I run a tight ship. <laughs> <laughs> on Lake Ontario. <laughs> Foghorn. Oh my god. Um, so I'm just going to say my final thoughts now as we're slowly losing our minds. The thing that I... There's two major things I love with the movie. I've talked about the tone to death, but just that it's such a unique little little mixture of things. Yes. Um, but the other thing that I love about it, I haven't really talked about it all yet, but I like that this is a gender swap of a normal like quote-unquote normal trope version mm, of this because sure. normally it would be like if this was a neo-noir or a noir this is a tough as nails cop who is softened by meeting a femme fatale right who, totally where you're like oh they're a criminal but and they still wind up being a criminal and going to jail with forgiveness from the tough as nails person but they're just like <laughs> by the book baby yeah like yeah. It is so by the numbers, except gender swapped, that it. As soon as I thought about it for a second, I was like, "Oh my god, that is." What the fuck? Exactly what this is. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's true. It's not the only movie that does this. Tons of movies yeah. do this, but it's the best example of it in my mind because it didn't make me think about it until after the movie was over. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So that's it for me. I love that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and now Delightful. we've teased it already. I want to hear what you're pairing it with now. All right. Here I go. Like I said, very glad you said that thing. Um, oh, I'm, also one more other thing. You just don't want me to say my, my favorite movie, do you? bit of you chemistry. Just don't want me to th- in, out there is the chemistry between us on the podcast. Oh my please god! Please go ahead now. <laughs> please, please go ahead. <laughs> Thanks. No problem. I just wanted to grind us all for that. <laughs> yeah, just completely <laughs> ripped the momentum out of my. Yeah. <sighs> 
Thank you so much, Nicholas. You're very welcome. <laughs> okay. My movie that I'm going to do yep. is the evil side of this type of couple. Okay. I'm going to do where if you answer the question, how bad of a bad guy do you want to be? And the answer is, how bad do you got? <laughs> this is what this movie is about. It's the same type of thing, I think, where like both leads are... They're kind of trying to, they're in a very crowded field of their field, right? Like criminals, like, you know, trying to jockey amongst other criminals. It's a small world. After all, the, you know, the federal agent is like, she's kind of, she gets razzed a little bit for, Mm -hmm. for being, not even really for being a woman, just for like, not having the exact right kind of experience mm. needed, which is a common thing for, for women to experience. Yeah. That's true. But yeah, it's just, they're both like not quite, and then they meet each other and they click really solidly. Mm. And it's like, oh, there's, I can see a path here mm. where we both make each other like worse in a sense. <laughs> but in a like really, I want to. In a great way. Yeah, I yeah. want to lean into this. I know yes. it's bad, but yeah. I want to. Yeah, exactly. Or the other path, which is like we just ignore it and we go about our lives and like maybe just never achieve that those heights ever mm. again. You know what I mean? And we kind of veer into it without of sight. Like they do spend a night together and like she doesn't arrest him and he does. You know, but things kind of get back on track by the end. Yeah. I'm going with a movie where they lean as hard as possible into the make each other worse aspect of it. I'm gonna go with. Oh, is this the same fucking year? Anyway, I'm going to go with a wonderful movie by a famous uh, favorite director of mine, Perdita Durango yeah. from 1997. Did you know? Did you know what I was going to say? When you said, how bad do you got? I was like, I can't think of <laughs> What's one. What's the worst couple I can think of? <laughs> right. Uh, yes. One for the Javier Bardem haircut Hall of Fame. Oh my God. Maybe the peak of Close. the Javier Bardem yeah. terrible haircut. Good Lord. It is bad. <laughs> But he's great. Yeah. So it is from 1997, directed by Alex Tilly Glazia, whom we've talked about before as the director of Day of the Beast, one of our Halloween episodes. That's really good. Again, this weird mix of like kind of horrifying, but very funny. Mm. Um, That weird tone where you're like, it's not it's not like a horror movie. It's not like it's funny. And you're like, but I don't want to tell people that I laughed at it. (laughs) I don't want to be laughing because I don't want to laugh at this. Yeah. Yeah. But the leads are so great together and it's just this very like. Oh, is, it, it, is it Rosie Perez? Rosie Perez yeah. and Javier Bardem. And she's like kind of a, a criminal. She's like a, you know, low level underworld person. And Javier Bardem, I don't think it's really clear what he does, but he's insane. That much is clear. Yes. Very clear. <laughs> It's the haircut. Yeah. That's your first hint. <laughs> first clue. And they get together and they're like, oh, rules aren't real because we really have not like uh, what we're good at is being terrible. Mm. And together we can be so much more terrible than apart. And they have this yeah. like great chemistry and they start off, you know, their their scene. I remember their their meeting scene very well is she just kind of wanders up and sits at a you know it's in a town somewhere and she just sits and has a drink and this like uh patio and he wanders up and they start chatting and it's clear that she has she's very gorgeous and she's been approached before and she's trying to like wave him off but she yeah. doesn't quite she doesn't start to wave him off 
and mm-hmm. they start talking and it's just this like what they end up doing is a bunch of horrible crimes and you know it, I, I will say there's a probably a good warning for this movie not even that it's so over the top or anything but there is sexual assault in this movie yes. not between the leads but like part of their plan is to kidnap and sacrifice a couple like mm. this teenage couple that that they run across um so just you know if this movie sounds interesting know that that is a, a small part of the plot yes um but so it is like these aren't good people no. there's no question that these are good people at all you're engaging but, this movie knowing that they are the worst people the worst but they're also kind of like you kind of you want them to succeed in that fucked up way where you're like, I mean, you've gone so far already. <laughs> Come on. Ah, what if Can they really do it, you treat. know? Yeah. <laughs> Just a little treat. Yeah. And it's more about them kind of working through this, like, we have such great chemistry and that's not fair because we're not allowed <laughs> to, like, us together is bad. And it's yeah. it's not, you know, for them, it's actually that they get on each other's nerves after a while and, like... <laughs> They're both very big personalities. Very big personalities, yeah. But they're just, like, chemistry off the charts. Really funny in, like, unexpected ways. Good supporting cast, really. Um, Yeah, I I would recommend it if you like the tone of Out of Sight. Yeah, this feels like Out of Sight is the base, and then Brigitte Durango is moving that tone to the extreme limits like you're just yes. pushing up on the slider yeah. and, and looking to the audience <laughs> on the to see evil if like slider yeah. you like that yeah <laughs> um a super stylistic but not yes. in a not in a tarantino e way just in a like this is perfect for this movie weirdly way. i mentioned a bunch of the dissolves that i like in out of sight some amazing like dissolves in Virginia durango yeah. that really stick with me <laughs> some great shots of like yeah the like the color grading and things mm. just being a, a sense of the interiority of the characters yeah. and yeah, amazing performances all yep. around. Uh, nice. Highly recommend. And the Perdita Durango character is from Wild at Heart. Yeah, the, I think that there's just a series of books about yeah. her, right? Is that the idea? Yeah, really as a like, little bonus, it was also based on, somewhat based on a novel. Ah. So there you go. Nice little adaptation. Yes. Nice. So believe it or not, I'm going with Out of Sight as the classier, like, you know, no, I get put it. together <laughs> art thing. Yeah. <laughs> Perdita Durango is amazing trash. Like, yeah. trashy, trashy. It is. Yeah. It's a Midnight Madness movie. That's 100%, what it is. 100%. Yeah. Yes. That's like, that's the classic, like, oh, we're going to watch something fucked up in a basement. Yeah. <laughs> and love it. <laughs> yeah. So nice. that's mine. Cool. Cool. What's cool. yours? Well, I'm taking Out of Sight as the... Uh, more mainstream, I'm not going to call it trashy, but it is the, like, a it's studio's fun. putting this out, and yeah. it's just, like, big fun. It's in the same breath as in Ocean's Eleven, where you're like, totally. I'm not having any major thoughts <laughs> while this is going on. I'm just being like, mm, hot people being hot. Cool. Neat. Um, I initially was like, I'm going to pair this with Decision to Leave, because I was like, <laughs> noir stuff, uh, people bringing out the worst in each other, all this this type of thing. Oh, yes. But I was like, we just did a huge episode on that. I'm going to leave that alone. And uh, I've said everything I think I can say on Decision to <laughs> Leave. Um, so I'm choosing instead to go with another movie that uses the tough cop woman and mask fatale. <laughs> <laughs> Guy Fatale. Uh, as its general underpinning, at least as a place to get started. Um, but same ideas of trying to outrun your past, be better for another person, mm. like you're you're being left behind by the times, all that stuff. And has a 
very, uh, I was going to say very unique. You're not allowed to do that. A unique tone. Uh, something can't <laughs> no. be very unique. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. Uh, tight ship. I said tight ship. The rules. <laughs> uh, but it has a tone that I adore and is something that is just like holy in this filmmaker's wheelhouse and not really in anybody else's. Hmm. It's Raising Arizona from 1987. Oh, nice. Yay. From the Coens. That's great. Yes. Um, it might be my favorite Coen Bros movie. I'm a real. I know that the comedies, the Coen comedies, aren't as well loved critically, mm. but uh, it might be my favorite. Just as a like, this is unlike everything else to me. Yeah, and thus hard I like pressed it. to find a movie like it. Yeah, yeah, but uh, wonderful. If you haven't seen Raising Arizona, please watch it. This it's is so good. It is art house comedy, basically, is how my short yeah. version of it. Uh, a childless couple, an ex-con and an ex-cop, decide to help themselves to one of another family, another family's quintuplets, and their lives become more complicated than they anticipate. That's kind of, it's just like a series of misadventures yep. as they try to raise somebody else's baby as their criminals, kind of. But the thing that made <laughs> After me... Kidnapping. The thing that made me think of it was the meet-cute in... Raising Arizona feels so similar to Out of Sight, where it's like, oh yeah, he's getting arrested in a cage with his wonderful hair, <laughs> all natural hair. That's not a wig. Uh, oh, I believe it. Uh, the person taking mugshot uh, pictures of him is Holly Hunter, and how could you not fall in love with Holly Hunter? I mean, come on. And how could you not fall in love with Nick Cage in that hair? Come in on, his Hawaiian shirts and his yeah, very loud shirts and his woodpecker tattoo. Um, <laughs> but uh, it's yeah, probably my favorite Nick Cage movie. Maybe my favorite Coen Bros movie. Uh, it's their follow-up to Blood Simple, which is just so funny. So funny. Total different direction. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, but yeah, I, I love that they kind of start at the same place of cops falling in love with criminals and going into a unique space that doesn't really exist in what would be a tropey playground otherwise. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's great. And uh, now I'm just now I'm just replaying that movie in my head. <laughs> Uh, that's one of my classic like I can throw on any time yeah. uh, movies it is perfect to me and I get why people don't like it but uh, I people will people don't like it? yeah some people really are just like it's it's goofy and absurd for the reasons of being goofy and absurd and therefore I discount it completely oh uh, what's wrong with that yeah. okay sometimes you need that enjoy having a joyless life <laughs> but it's quite poetic and it's and it's. Uh, I think it's beautiful yeah. yeah it's just like this little you know, the insecurities of, like, a newly married couple or, a, you know, a childless couple, like, that want to have a child. And yeah. just this, like, what does this mean about me and our relationship and, like, what, my place in the world by the end of the, the movie? You know? Yeah, and, like, my former place in society that I'm trying to abandon is catching up with me. Where yeah. do I fit? Yeah, now? do I deserve to have this new, like, what, would there be roadblocks if I if I actually deserved it? Like, yeah. I don't know. I think that's a beautiful movie. An absolutely killer performance from Holly Hunter. She is so funny in it. So good. Her, like, shrieking, crying yeah. of wanting a baby is always in my mind. It's great. Oh, my God. She's a powerhouse. She is a powerhouse. Yeah. Uh, one of our best comedy criers. Yes. <laughs> Undubitably. Yes. <Yeah. laughs> Unequivocally? We finish each other's... Sandwiches. That's right. <laughs> so lame. <laughs> <laughs> and that will take care of us for this episode Indeed. of Garbage. I will set out of sight. Uh, <laughs> please rate and review us on the podcast platform of your choice so more people 
here are sexy conversations. Oh, my God. That's going to be the clip for today. <laughs> oh, wonderful yeah. stuff. Uh, <laughs> you can find us at Pod on Twitter and Instagram. I did it right this week. There you go. I feel go. like I've, so proud. I'm doing better, and it's because I'm staring at what I've written down. <laughs> so I'm very get right. paranoid. <laughs> uh, and will you please come back and join us for another episode, another pile of Garbage. about you likewise Ray's working with the FBI task force on the prison break I see that tell me Ray you ever wear one that says undercover <laughs>